Welcome to Dispatches, the official podcast for the Journal of the American Revolution. The Journal of the American Revolution publishes weekly online at www.allthingsliberty.com. For the latest in research, reviews, and commentaries, America's Most Important History is available free of charge at the Journal of the American Revolution. On Balance, my book seeks to offer readers a unique perspective to the revolutionary era by reminding readers that revolutionary war activity occurred in Florida as well as in the northern colony. That's author and Journal of the American Revolution contributor George Kotlick discussing his new book, East Florida in the Revolutionary Era, 1763-1785, and he's our guest today. I'm Brady Kreitzer, and this is Dispatches. This episode is sponsored by the Small Battle Series, with two new releases, The Battle of Musgrove's Mill, 1782, by John Buchanan, and The Battle of Harlem Heights, 1776, by David Price, available now wherever books are sold. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Dispatches. I'm your host, Brady Kreitzer. Today, our guest is Journal of the American Revolution contributor and author George Kotlick, and he's discussing his new book, East Florida in the Revolutionary Era, 1763 to 1785. George Kotlick has really written a fine book on the history of East Florida, one of the least studied and most misunderstood colonies in the British world. You can read a review of it at the Journal of the American Revolution website, www.allthingsliberty.com. It's a fantastic book that really fills a large need in the scholarship today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with George Kotlick. George Kotlick, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. George, you've been on the show before. Remind us about your background. Yeah, I'm a public historian who specializes in 18th century North American history and specifically the American Revolutionary Era. I have contributed to a number of historical publications, including the Journal of the American Revolution, the Hessians, Journal of the Johannes Schwamm Historical Association, Emerging Revolutionary War Era, the Seven Years' War Association Journal, Augusta Richmond County History, the Louisiana Genealogical Register, the Loyalist Gazette, the New York History Review, the Sons of the American Revolution Magazine, and Florida Reflections. I studied British colonial North American history at the University of Oxford. I have an MA in political science from Sol Ross State University, and I currently call Florida home. Why did you decide to write this book now? Yeah, so in writing this book, I sought to fill a need for a detailed and accessible work on British East Florida in the Revolutionary Era. George, could you tell us a little bit about how East Florida was founded? Yeah, British East Florida's birth came about after the end of the Seven Years' War. During the peace preliminaries of 1762, Britain acquired Florida in exchange for Havana, Cuba. The rationale for this decision stemmed from British opinion that North America's value as a market was more profitable than was sugar production in the West Indies. Florida's transfer from Spain to Britain was not popular in Parliament. British officials generally felt the trade was uneven and viewed Havana as more valuable than the frontier Florida territory. In the end, Florida's acquisition protected Georgia from further Spanish threats and offered a base of operations for future wars with France. 
The proclamation of 1763 laid down East Florida's boundaries from the Gulf of Mexico and Apalachicola River on the west, north from the Apalachicola to a point where the Chattahoochee and Flint rivers meet, east to the source of the St. Mary's River, and then the course of the St. Mary's River to the Atlantic Ocean and the Gulf of Florida on the east and south, including all islands within six leagues of the coast. British soldiers took possession of East Florida at the colony's capital, St. Augustine, on July 20th, 1763. You list a number of important people in this book. One of them was James Grant. What impact did he have on the colony? Yeah, um, so it took James Grant, East Florida's first governor, two months to establish a civil government on the fringe colony. East Florida's government lacked a lower house and resembled an aristocracy until the first General Assembly met in 1781. It is said that East Florida remained loyal because of a lack of a lower house and that Grant laid the groundwork, which Tynion would later build off of when he too decided against assembling a lower house during the imperial crisis. In effect, on top of establishing a civil government in the wilderness, Grant played a role in keeping East Florida loyal during the imperial crisis. How was East Florida important for marginalized groups like loyalists and African Americans before and after the American Revolution? Yeah, East Florida became a bastion of loyalism. Indeed, while the anti-British movement gained steam, Governor Tanyan issued a proclamation offering loyalists refuge in East Florida. Southern loyalists flocked to St. Augustine. Augustine. Subsequently, between 1775 and 1783, East Florida's population quintupled. East Florida was so loyal, when news of the Declaration of Independence reached St. Augustine, residents burned effigies of Sam Adams and John Hancock. Rebel forces could never, throughout the war, muster enough strength to capture East Florida from the British. For the African Americans, a lot of African Americans who fled to East Florida found uh, the ability to engage in the war through service in East Florida's Navy and militia, and East Florida Rangers. East Florida plays an important role in the American Revolution. Could you tell us about it? Yeah. East Florida has important connections to the American Revolution. In 1775, a violent border war erupted between East Florida and the state of Georgia. Two noteworthy Revolutionary War battles were fought on East Florida soil, the Battle of Thomas Creek in 1777 and the Battle of Alligator Creek Bridge in 1778. And three American invasions failed to bring East Florida into the rebellion. All of these actions combined um, speak to East Florida's role in the American Revolution. What did John Cruden do, especially after the revolution ends in East Florida? Yeah, so after the war, Cruden had plans to destabilize Spanish control over East Florida. When those plans failed, he eventually found himself in Nassau on New Providence in the Bahamas. Suffering from poor health, he died on September 18, 1787, at the age of 33. George, you, you end this book profiling three important individuals Could you tell us who they were and why you chose them? Yeah, so I followed three men. Um, I chose to follow these men at the end of my book because they all had ties to British colonial North American history. James Grant Forbes was born a British East Floridian who would go on to secure St. Augustine's mayorship and later influence the Forbes Purchase. William Augustus Bowles tried to make Florida a British colony or protectorate again. He called his vision the state of Muskogee. And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, it is spelled M-U-S-K-U-G-E-E, Muscovy. Um, so in, in any case, uh, here we are. Zephaniah Kingsley Jr. likely resided in East Florida at the end of the war before relocating to Canada. 
He would return to Florida to establish a plantation on Fort George Island in northeast Florida that is today a popular national park. George, how does this book help us understand the American Revolution better? Yeah. On balance, my book seeks to offer readers a unique perspective to the revolutionary era by reminding readers that revolutionary war activity occurred in Florida as well as in the northern colonies. East Florida's significance in the American Revolution lies in that province's contributions to the British Empire. East Florida served as a barrier colony, protecting the British West Indies from the spread of rebellion, stood as a haven for loyalists fleeing wartime persecution, supplied raw materials to West Indian markets, and threatened Georgia's security uh, during the war. East Florida's presence diverted much-needed resources away from the rebellion to the East Florida-Georgia border. Additionally, East Florida also played an important role in the Southern Theater, where two major battles and countless small skirmishes were fought. George Kotlick, thanks again. Hey, thanks for having me. The music played in this episode included works by Kevin McLeod and the Sturbridge Colonial Militia. Any unauthorized reproduction or use of this podcast, without the express written permission of the Journal of the American Revolution, is strictly prohibited. For everyone here at Dispatches, I'm Brady Kreitzer saying so long.